listening to TJF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not-so-favourite horror movies with your host, me, Kat. This week, I am joined by the host of Radio Watson podcast, Buddy Watson. Welcome. How you going, Kat? I'm really good. I'm really excited. This is my first review episode. Yes, this is uh, this is exciting. This <laughs> is more my fuck? speed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was talking about it with my grandma, I was like, I feel like this is going to be so much easier than what I normally do. Mm. <laughs> like making sure I'm on, like, I don't know, the following my entire script that I write for the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so today we're actually going to be reviewing Malignant. So we're going to do like a bit of a non-spoiler kind of discussion, and then we'll go into the spoiler territory where we dive into our favorite parts and not so favorite parts because I definitely have both and I'm sure you do too. <laughs> yes. Uh, so before we get started I'll give uh, everybody who hasn't listened a little bit or hasn't watched the movie sorry because it's only released last week in Australia. Yes that's right yeah. Yeah because I watched it uh, back in August or September <laughs> so <laughs> And ready, lucky you. Lucky you got to, to see it early. Ready to review it. And then they were like, wait a second, Australia's going to be a little bit later now. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> I was so excited to join the, the global hype with it all. So uh, Malignant is a 2021 American supernatural horror film directed by James Wan, adapted from a screenplay written by Akila Cooper. And it's based on an original story written by Wan, uh, Ingrid Bisu. Bisu? and Cooper. Film stars Annabelle, Annabelle Wallace as a woman who begins to have visions of people being murdered, only to realise the events are happening in real life. Uh, we also see actors Maddie Henson, George Young, Michelle, Brianna White and Jacqueline McKenzie join the cast. Super exciting. I, it's so ambiguous. Like, the, the description's ambiguous. The uh, the the trailers are super ambiguous. <laughs> what were your um your spoiler-free impressions of the film? I had very low expectations going into this because I don't think I actually saw a trailer and I'd only ever seen the the poster, which is really, really cool and, and looks like a kind of a throwback, and I guess it, it is for various <laughs> reasons that we'll discuss. But um I'd only kind of heard the hype that you know this is gonna be shocking and gory and james wan's next thing i'm not like a james wan super fan i don't follow around the conjuring or any of those kind of um franchises but you know i respect james wan and love saw and 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 know what he's capable of even though i haven't watched some of the stuff so for me i was like very low expectations but knew there was a bit of a hype around it so i was like all right cool I, i think i'll just believe the people that i've spoken to that this is going to be good or something that i should check out and Oh boy, what an absolutely <laughs> wild ride having like yes. kind of no context of what was going to happen or what was even about. Man, this was just this just goes from like 0 to 100 in the, in the blink of an eye and when I walked out of the the cinema, I was just in shock <laughs> and I was like did I really love that or did i really hate that (laughs) yeah um i think i yeah i think i really loved it because when you sit back and think about it it, yeah you think about it you're like that was fucking bonkers what it was wild Um, who gave james one that budget come on (laughs) exactly It, it did not feel like this kind of hollywood level movie yeah the way they they present things in it and i was just like he's just got free reign now you know he went off and did aquaman he's got that warner brothers money you know he's untouchable now this is like okay one for warner brothers and now one for me type scenario yeah and um yeah it was so cool what did you um think of the overall storyline because i i loved this film i i'm a i am a james wan fangirl i've watched every single one of his films i've followed his career since i was 15 and I think it's just me having a, oh my gosh, you're Australian, I'm Australian, like, we can change the world. Yes. <laughs> we can dominate kind of thing. And it kind <laughs> of gives me hope that it's like, okay, well, horror lovers in Australia can make a difference. It's really cool. And so when I saw it for the first time, I just sat with my mouth open 
for most of the movie and was just like, he's really doing it, isn't he? He's just going ham. He don't care. Yep. He's like, I got this Warner Brothers money. This is this is my movie now, suckers. Like, you're in my world. And I, I loved it. I think I loved it for the uh, no boundaries, no no regrets kind of uh, attitude that he took towards the film. And you can see how much he loves uh, horror and storytelling as well. But um, yeah, the plot for me was just like, okay, cool. We've got horror crime mysteries, uh, two sisters going to investigate like this uh, thing that's happening to Madison. And I was like, oh, great. It's got crime, mystery, investigation, horror, gore, blood, guts. Excellent. Definitely has all the elements of like the type of horror movies that I like. I generally don't like possession or haunted houses. So even at at, at the start of the the movie, I was like, hmm, is this going to be the thing for me? Yeah. Thinking I kind of know it's going one way, and then seeing what unfolds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's um, it definitely sets up as a haunted house uh, scenario. Because James Wan is is famous for his haunted house films. And always making those really uh, mundane elements of the house incredibly scary. Like even in that that first opening scene, which we will talk about because it isn't um, it isn't spoilery at all. Um, it's in the trailer. So uh, where we do see Madison investigating her house, and there's doors slamming, and she's hearing things, and there's like scuttling everywhere, and it's just like okay. But then when we, you know, have our big reveal in the third act, it's just like, oh, that's so fucked up. Mm. Like, how how do you do that, Mr. Wan? Please. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what did you think of, um, well, I can't, we can't really talk about the, the story without it being spoiled. Not really, no. <laughs> um, so what are some things that you could share about, like, the characters, maybe the film techniques? that you enjoyed about the film without it going into, you know, that territory of showing all your cards. (laughs) Um, Instantly, the soundtrack stands out. Um, It was the first thing that kind of like, oh, hell yeah, what is this? And there's like kind of like an opening credits sequence that uh, is really like has a lot of like quick shots in it. It really reminded me of like something from Seven or Fight Club. And even the soundtrack, it felt like, uh, did Trent? Resner do this or it felt like some kind of industrial <laughs> hard rock yeah I did have the um the composer of the first track it, it starts with a c but it um Joseph uh, Joseph Bashara who's done a lot of uh, Juan's other movies that he's done Insidious The Conjuring um he did the the score for the entire film which I just adored to the point where I've actually ordered the waxworks vinyl and I'm just like oh I need I just need that on repeat in my house because it is just it is fantastic yeah so at the start I was like oh what kind of movie is this with this kind of like industrial prog rock type intro that reminded me of those movies and then it had a little bit of elements with that for the rest of the film but then obviously there was like a more synth based tracks and I was like oh this is this is cool this is this is really cool yeah, it definitely elevated the film because I'm a big sucker for a fantastic soundtrack. If it's got a, even if it's got a good OST, I'm like, yes, yes. Yep. Like I still listen to the Freddy vs. Jason soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see what's wrong with that. Why Nothing. Um, and then the other thing that I really like that is, I guess, from some of the older films we'll talk about later as well is like the at the start. There's kind of this. It's in the the hospital or whatever with the. The, the the it's all dark and the red lights are going off so this kind of looks like there's a red filter over Ugh. everything happening and uh in the middle of the movie they kind of have a few moments like that where they're in an apartment building and there's like a neon sign outside and and red's filtering through into the the bedroom to kind of make it look like that as well that kind of filter effect but like more organic so i like that that's that's cool little yeah the filming for me is definitely a um like a what's the word like the peak of what I really enjoyed about the film Mm. and that's because like you go from watching like The Conjuring or Insidious where it is very um you know these 
wide shots and then close-ups but with this it's got so much movement behind it and there's oh it's just like you feel like you're on like a like you know the scooby-doo ride at uh <laughs> at fucking warner like movie world yeah i think i've done and, like... but you're with the movie and you're like whoa <laughs> and that's what it, it's and not just that way it, it also feels like it's a roller coaster with kind of what it puts you through <laughs> yeah absolutely um i loved that and I also loved the relationship between Madison and Sydney. Like they were, they were cool sisters. Like they are, they are cool sisters. Yeah. And it, um, I think it just felt their relationship felt very organic and very authentic. And I really appreciated that, even though you know, <laughs> there's that big hole, <laughs> uh, and it has been revealed in, um, in the in the trailers as well, where she's like, "I'm adopted," and it's like this big like, "Whoa!" <laughs> kind of scene, and it's like. You make it sound like that's a bad thing. <laughs> exactly. And that kind those kinds of things just were like like it's it's really hard for me to sit here and go, Well, oh, I hated this bit and I didn't like this bit. Mm. I didn't like I I don't want to be nitpicky, but only for me, only some of the dialogue fell a little bit flat and didn't feel like it was being um picked up by the actor responding it, like in equal kind of um like a yeah, like an equal balance between the two. So sometimes I was a bit like, oh, that's a bit weird. There's that- one awesome line. I can't say it now, but when we get to the spoiler part that I really, <laughs> really enjoyed. Excellent. Um, yeah, well, my, my favourite relationship was actually Kakoa and um, uh, Regina, the two detectives. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved their little dynamic. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, so the, fr- the little... Um, like their scene tech, their forensic scene tech is actually Ingrid Bisu. And that she was my favorite because she was so awkward and weird. Yes, she was she was cool as well. <laughs> Total Abby vibes from like NCIS, yes! but just yeah. more social awkwardness, but yeah. cool and zany. Well, she's in love with Kakoa, so because <laughs> <laughs> I love I because I, I did watch the film this morning and there's this uh funny scene where she comes in and Regina says, Oh, here's uh Lonely Hearts Club again. <laughs> And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my god. But yeah, I, I do love the um the humor dynamics of this, the way that they've incorporated like crime and mystery, and the fact that when we get into spoiler territory, one of the most uh, intense scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie of all fucking time. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't seen it, like just press pause, get Go in your car, it. drive off. Go to the cinema, go in, watch it, get out, get back in your car, and unpause. Think about the rest of this. Think about it for about twenty minutes, though. (laughs) You need need, like some processing time. Yeah, just sit in the car and and, I don't know, take some deep breaths in and out. (laughs) Yeah, because you're gonna need it after the the because everybody has said it in every single review I've read online about the the third act and how you will just sit there and be like where am i what am i watching right now i love it but what so what would you give uh for your score out of five for this out of five i gave it four out of five nice that's what i gave it to yeah very cool excellent yeah it definitely definitely deserves it and you know uh one is just a fucking stunning filmmaker but um this is your spoiler warning uh because we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of the shit of this film because holy moly um <laughs> but i thought what we'll do first is talk about um the list of films that i sent you uh to go through and watch uh because they were kind of like films that james wan has identified as being inspirations for him in the uh the genre of giallo which is like my favorite subgenre of horror next to like slashes so yeah what, tell me about what you watched and what you thought. Uh, so I watched uh, Tenebrae, Opera. Uh, I also watched Dress to Kill Yeah. as well. I haven't watched Eyes of Laura Mars yet. And then I um, also watched, uh, you know, he was, you were speaking about De Palma films as well with Dress to Kill. I also watched Carrie. And the other Argento movie I watched is Phenomena. 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 Not Phenomena. Like my dumb brain. Um, I was looking at it the other day because it's on Shutter, so I was like, oh, "I'll pop it on." 
And but, I, I was like, I just realized that this is Phenomena. It is not Phenomena. Yeah. What but um, <laughs> yeah, Eyes of Laura Mars I haven't seen yet, but I'll, I'll yeah. probably watch that uh, very soon. And I like the idea of like just reading the premise of that, that there was kind of an American's interpretation of that genre of movies, like Gallo yeah. movies. So um, I like the, uh, the idea that this is an Australian's kind of take yeah. on on that genre. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, because for a little premise about Eyes of Laura Mars, it's basically about a photographer who starts to see through the eyes of a serial killer. Um, they've got like a telepathic kind of a connection going on and it's her helping try and find out who this killer is. And so when you watch that, and then you think about Malignant, you're like, holy, holy shit. This is this is the premise of Malignant, but not like in they stole the film or anything, but like this really fantastic influence. Um, and then you have obviously Tenebrae, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> so what did you think of that? Tenebrae was awesome. Absolutely amazing. Uh, just batshit crazy wild. And yeah. the, the ending of that um, window scene uh yeah. is wild it's just <laughs> um, and when you find and, out who the killer is and you're just yeah like, and twists and turns <laughs> and everything just I, I really loved it it was absurd and um yeah. i guess that's like one of the one of the kind of hallmarks of of that genre like yeah, the, yeah. the like you said the mystery the, the absurd endings uh the gore all that kind of stuff yeah because and the soundtrack and all those films were quite good as well yeah um, hell yeah like, like tenebrae and opera just yeah quite good Argento is all, all, all of his stuff is quite good as well Suspiria yeah I love Argento one. well I was yeah. um in uh Phenomena they had Iron Maiden on their set on the soundtrack that was really off-putting actually like I didn't I didn't listen to that and go oh that's Iron Maiden but for that film I was like this this is the one time where I was like, oh, the soundtrack isn't the highlight of the movie because it's just, yeah. not, I'm just not, it's just not mat- marrying up well to what's happening. Well, Maybe because both... I was I was quite bored with the, the, the film. majority yeah. of the film. because so. <laughs> you and I were both like, ah, uh, not that much of a fan. And like, I love Argento, but Phenomena is not one of his best movies. Yeah, it was just off-putting for the reason, like it was just jarring. Whereas everything else yeah. that was might have been like, oh, here's this prog rock or, uh, you know, punk type, band over the top it's like well even though that might not marry up to what's on the screen it it kind of sometimes somehow works whereas yeah. in that case it just didn't work it was just the opposite like for me the opera soundtrack is just amazing i, really I love good. opera it's probably my favorite of argento's work yeah i watched that last night that was fantastic that's so good um so we were talking about um earlier when we were talking about those different shots and whatnot and lights and uh james wan is always you know so um very open when he talks about his influences and we can see it's so obvious how argento's work and probably bava i haven't watched a lot of bava to be honest i think i've only watched bay of blood um uh that that lighting and even just the the way they um center the characters who are talking and um, what's that called? Uh, when you set up a screen. <laughs> Not sure. Like a close uh, shot? Monologue? Uh, yeah. Just a, a, a frame? I'm setting up a frame. Oh my God, we're filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you can see how heavily inspired he is by his favorite filmmakers. And um, he, in an interview, he has said, I'm going to find this interview. Oh gosh. Where did I put it? Yeah, I know what you mean, though. Like having the 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 character be in the center of the frame, yeah. and kind of nothing else really uh, taking your eye off that, and them being the focus, and whether they're in you know being distressed or frightened, or whether it's a close up or a long shot, and them just walking or running, or you know being scared or anything. Yeah, like, the, the main attention is on them. Yeah, I like that. It's that beautiful. It's um very uh you know, the juxtaposition towards what we're used to in a modern horror film where Mm. we don't see a lot of those traditional techniques from these, you know, filmmakers that really paved the way for that style of, um, even for horror in general, like especially Argento, in in my opinion, um, because he's, you know, influenced so many different filmmakers. And, uh, yeah, I found, um, yeah, that scene where we see that light over 
the into the apartment is my favorite scene like from the lighting and the way that it's filmed and uh the way that he's murdered um <laughs> yeah it was a really organic way of having that red filter in like that yeah. was some, so that scene's we're in the spoiler part right yeah yeah so yeah what's when gabriel's like stabbing the one of the, the one of the doctors. doctors in the bed yeah. and um madison is in that vision yeah with the the kind of the the neon lights sparking through the the window and it Beautiful. all being kind of red and then the it's killing fantastic. happening and the blood everywhere. It's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I actually made my grandma watch with <laughs> me and she was like, this is good, but also what the fuck? This is good, Kat, but seek help. Yeah. If you <laughs> like this, do you need to talk? Grandma, I'm already talking to someone about it, but don't worry about it. Um, so the basically, fun fact, the opening credits of the film reveal the entire plot. Really? So, yes. So <laughs> as they're going through the opening credits, you know how we see all the um, the Simeon Research Centre's like open books and photos. They're literally telling you exactly what's going on. Yeah, wow. And um, it wasn't until I paused it and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I wouldn't have to watch the rest of the movie if I knew that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Uh, basically, the spoiler premise is that uh, Gabriel is Madison's parasitic twin and lives in the back of her head and has been dormant for, what, 27 years until a domestic violence incident where um, her husband slams her head against a wall, basically wakening Gabriel. Um, I just, yeah. In the lead-up to the reveal... We'll talk about that first because the reveal just fucked with me. <laughs> yeah, like I, same. I just, but I loved it. So, um, I just, yeah, this film is so good. I just, I don't even know where to begin on like everything because it's it's fantastic. So, at the start of the film, um, after the incident, her husband Derek is sleeping on the couch downstairs and um, she is hearing things and we're seeing everything from his point of view. Like um, the, that blender in the kitchen is really loud. Just want to talk about how loud that was. <laughs> the psych out with a blender. Anytime so there's like a food disposal or shredder in a sink in a, in a horror movie, I'm like, oh my God, do not put your hand in there, please. Don't touch it. Just unplug just it. Leave it alone. Just let it go. Just go to bed with the blender on. It's faulty. <laughs> Just return it tomorrow. Don't worry. Um, so I love how Gabriel kind of fucks with him as well, like opens the fridge and like scatters up the stairs. And I just, I really, I I love the, um, the way that one is like redirecting people's assumptions on what's going on. Mm. And, um, you know, there's comments obviously after his death where, um, Ingrid Bisu's character is like, oh, no, this is special. Um, only, you know, in a high-impact car accident would this happen. And so you're kind of like, what? And the guy's got, like, you know, the husband's got the bent neck. And I was just like, holy shit. He did. He, de- he definitely did. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, to go through, um, what did you think of the scene where Madison discovers Derek dead and is then chased through the house? Yeah, it was full on. I didn't know what to expect because I'm still having, like, I guess as an audience, we still have no idea what this thing is. Is it like a ghost? Is it actually a person? I'm guessing you have to kind of know it's some kind of supernatural being because it's popping up left and right and you're kind of seeing a shadowy figure. Um, so, yeah, that was that was wild. Um, and then I think she, like, she runs upstairs. She goes into the bedroom, right? Yeah. And it kind of just disappears. So then she has to stay. Like, what do you do? You just crawl up into bed or you ring someone or you stay there like how is she sleeping in that house what do you she stayed there but she also sits against the door and says it's all in my head it's all in my head it's all in my head another another kind of signposting thing yeah you're you're paying attention if you pay Um, attention if you've watched it 17 times (laughs) yeah i guess you could do that i guess you could have that feeling 
um, that like it is all in my head. You know, maybe someone has come in in a home invasion and, and killed Derek. Thank fuck. Um, oh fucking thank God. And then maybe she just th- is kind of thinking that something's chasing her. So maybe it could be that. You know, it's not yeah. out of the realm of possibility that. I mean, she wasn't even upset that Derek died. I don't, Who I would don't, be? I don't blame her, but... <laughs> massive, that was like one of my massive dislikes. And I know you're yeah. supposed to dislike Derek, but I felt like there was some really unrealistic lines of dialogue that he says to her that yeah. are just brutal. And maybe there are fuckwits in the world that oh, yeah, are like that. I'm, I'm sure there is, but it's just as, as being like a normal person that would never, like it just was off really off-putting i know we're supposed to hate this guy but like just yeah. things he was he saying say just like um man i, I cannot s- wait for you to die first because i i'm getting this vibe that it's going to be you and i just i'm going to cheer it every single <laughs> possible way because i thought gabriel all along was just like some ghost demon kind of thing that was haunting the house or haunting madison in general and that's that's right you kind of it, he he sets that up because that's exactly what i thought the the, the film was going to be after that and i'm like okay james wan you know he's done the conjuring um we don't we haven't seen this figure yet we're going to have another haunted house ghost story yeah and yeah totally kind of flips the script and subverts expectations later on in the the film which is um i think is fantastic and just one of the craziest wildest scenes i've ever seen <laughs> Well, in a in a horror, it really turns starts turning into like a horror. Yeah, in the action act, yeah, gore film. Yeah, what about um? So I love when um obviously because you've seen Tenebrae, so you know the whole investigation process in a giallo, and it's all amateur sleuths and uh, yep. villains with black gloves and <laughs> <laughs> long trench coats, uh, which is honestly it um. It's so funny because a lot of people who don't watch those films would be like, why would you enjoy that? And it's like, because it's a formula. It's like, you know exactly what's going to happen in this movie. It's like me watching a true crime documentary. And it's one of my, like one of my favorite genres is noir. So it it shares a lot of like traits that are in noir films as well. Like the whodunit. Yeah. The the kind of twists at the ends. And so. Yeah. There's huge nods to, to both genres in, in my opinion. So I guess if if you can if you go into Malignant going all right well this is James Wan giving his own version of that genre of film um, and being a little bit tongue in cheek with some of the scenes some of the dialogue and everything and take that out of it um, which is kind of what I was processing after seeing it then yeah it's 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 a ride and it's amazing and yeah it's it's full on but um, for people that maybe don't have that viewpoint or maybe like because the first time they reveal Gabriel being the parasitic twin and yeah. you have that scene with him kind of on the back with the arms uh, out yeah so, um someone laughed in the cinema oh i laughed <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, laugh I almost like rolled my eyes like oh my god yeah it felt like a scene out of like the x-files yes. or something and i think that that's fantastic because obviously um madison's sister um sydney and her mother are um basically trying to work out what's going on and they retrieve these uh like um archive tapes and find out that um basically madison and gabriel were donated to the research center by their mother mm. who mind you gabriel is also kidnapped and put in freaking attic somewhere um yeah and, and and it's just things like that that i was just like how did i not pick up the reveal how didn't i how didn't i realize it and um and so when they do reveal this whole thing the videos leading up to that where um madison is like heaps creepy kid i was like oh no 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 fuck that she's got a ghost best friend (laughs) yeah the creepy kid thing waking up with the knife hovering over the um adopted like her mom's stomach and stuff i was like oh excuse me (laughs) wow just 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 stop (laughs) just stop (laughs) Before we get into talking about the third act, how did you like how um, Juan and like their post-production team did with the um, bringing you into Madison's visions, how they kind of like Amazing. Yeah, you liked it too? Yeah, I loved it how she's like sitting on a floor and it's almost doing this like 360 shot kind of panning around her as her room or whatever, where she is like totally transforms. I thought it was like one of the coolest parts. Yeah of the movie that's where you're like oh yeah this is definitely a james wan movie <laughs> that, that that was sick yeah yeah that was 
that and then the soundtracks were two of the highlights. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, there was just so many highlights. And me, then the absolute honest. gore fest at the end. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I was um uh, I was doing heaps of research on Gabriel, but we'll talk about the the reveal and then go into like talking about Gabriel and some some really cool little tidbits about him. Um so the <laughs> The reveal is in uh, the prison because Madison has been arrested <laughs> because they, <laughs> I, I also laughed at the scene where um, they're hypnotizing her. Oh, I was just like, oh, this is bad. This is so bad. But I kind of get that it was that tongue in cheek kind of like mocking these kinds of um, things that I don't know why they thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Um, and and I'll, then, t- I'll tell you Regina's favorite line before you get into Gabriel's thing that yes. was from before when she was in the morgue and uh, looking at the body and she's eating a fucking lollipop <laughs> for some reason, which is real bizarre. I'm like this is this is getting a bit campy. Okay, it cool. It is so campy. <laughs> but then her the line she says, she's like, so like she like almost stops and pauses and it's she was one look away from the camera from making like a direct to the audience, but it's to Kakawa and she's like, so you're telling me the killer is her imaginary friend and she like looks at him like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> so that was my favorite line yeah. of dialogue in it sorry i just had to say that no no because the uh, regina is like the logic and rational rational thought that people you know most people would be like she's right why aren't you listening to her yeah she's like are you serious this fucking is what's going kidding on me? um so in the prison after um a lady falls through the roof on the hip hypnosis circle (laughs) which i also laughed at i don't know why i was just like oh my god that's ridiculous um they think that madison has kidnapped her and they take her to prison and she's in a prison cell basically screaming i don't belong here and there's a lot of uh non-savory people who have joined her in the prison cell and um one of them trips her over i think and her head hits the then she lets out the most horrific, like, agonizing scream. Like, I've never heard anything like it. Unless I was literally in pain myself. <laughs> it was crazy. I was just like, how do you do that? What I don't know. And um, I just love, <laughs> as she's screaming, that, like, Gabriel is, like, fucking twisting his way out from this crack in her skull and i was like oh yeah this like really grossed me out and yeah. this was like a, one of the points like okay this this is where we're at like there's someone living in the back of her head that's now basically living inside her but behind her and Ugh. uh yeah <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what to do like do i roll my eyes or like what is this movie now i i have no idea this is where um, it almost lost me it it, it could have lost me but what yeah. follows um uh, brought it back in for me the most intense fight scene i've ever seen in a horror movie <laughs> hands down i and i love fight scenes like i love a fantastically choreographed fight scene but i mean like gabriel is ripping out people's throats he's punching through heads stomachs ripping limbs off cracking skulls and i'm just like this This is fantastic (laughs) (laughs) this is so fucking good and i loved it it was just so much fun like it was gross bloody body horror fun yeah, and he's like he's just ripping through people in the police station, and I couldn't help but think back to like the original Terminator, because yeah. the the Terminator breaks through and just like starts slaying everyone in the police station. I'm like, this is like Terminator One, but on steroids and just like multiplied by twenty because there's like the body count. There's a million police officers there. Arms are getting like cut off, <laughs> decapitations. <laughs> all-round insanity yeah um i have a question did you laugh when he was standing on the police station like uh there was like a massive elevated desk and he like launched the table like the chair at the door the chair and like it's... oh i died of laughter i was like <laughs> that is so good just threw the chair halfway across the room to hit oh, kakawa 
and Regina. I was amazed. I was oh, like, so oh, they were so close to escaping. They were fucked by a chair. But then he <laughs> he he spares them. I think he's yeah. For, I can't remember the reason why, but um, I he was says that, something to Regina about needing to call for help or something. Yeah, because he's on the way to the hospital. That's the part of the escape. So yeah, um, but yeah, the chair scene would just like like laugh out loud, funny. <laughs> Just like slate all these people seriously, all these cops, tense hand-to-hand combat fighting scenes, and yeah. then th- launches a chair twenty meters across ac- across the room to hit some hit someone in the head. <laughs> we need to hire a hall and see. And it's got to be twenty meters wide, and see if we can launch. To see it. if someone could throw. I a just chair want to see if far. I can do it. <laughs> but your arms oh. have to be backwards, so you have to do it this way. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can make this happen for the purpose of research. I, I think we get. I think we get involved here. I mean, we could probably do it in a football field. That'd probably be safer, right? Well, we're going to do it indoors, I reckon. <laughs> With windows. <laughs> With windows. Absolutely. Make it more dangerous. <laughs> I'll only be able to throw it like a meter if that. It'll just skid along the ground. I'll just be like. Bleh. I don't think I'll be able to throw it. i just drop it. Yeah. But your arms have to be backwards. Backwards. Because Gabriel is obviously the backward version of of Madison. <laughs> I love no one can see you right now, but I love yes. that I can see you trying to put your arms backwards and manipulate uh, your own body and like how would that even work? It is a visual. <laughs> <laughs> so, um some really cool things about Gabriel. So, he was portrayed by Marina Mazepa, Mazepa and voiced by Ray Chase. And while he was possessing Madison, it was Annabelle and McKenna Grace doing the um the the visuals for the head i think uh because he his movement is actually by troy james who is known as twisty troy james he was basically on america's got talent and the the judges were like dude you need to do horror movies so he went on after that to play um baba yaga in hellboy jangly man in scary stories to tell in the dark and as mongrels in the strain and he's also played uh pretzel jack in channel zero the dream door and i'm pretty sure he's been in american horror story what a way to find a niche for yourself (laughs) yeah i was like that is insane and he's also um so then um uh mazeppa who uh was also a part of um the contortionist crew was in So You Think You Can Dance in America's Got Talent. And then she went on to play Mary of Elnor in The Unholy, which was one of the latest films that Sam Raimi produced, which I did not like at all. Um, I was looking for... I think I talked to you about how much I can't wait to see it. And then I was like, is this it? No, nah, it sucks when it happens. It? I was like, I love Sam Raimi. But then I realised, okay, he's only in a producer's role. It, it's not going to be the film I want it to be. No, he's certainly putting the money in. Yeah, and then uh, Mazipa will also be playing Lisa Trevor in Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. So that's pretty exciting stuff. But yeah, uh, Juan said about Twisty uh, Twisty and Mazipa that it was a combo of the two of them. When we met them and they started demonstrating things in the office, it blew my mind. They really brought it. I feel like they made our vision come to life because we can only imagine so much of that movement, but neither of us can do it. Both of them are absolutely incredible. I was just like, that was... Because when I sat down at a round table with one there, I was like, right, so tell me what inspired Gabriel. Why why was he the way he was? Mm. And he's like, yeah, because he's like backwards. And, you know, like he's living in the back of somebody's head. So everything he sees um, Madison do is like backwards. So he thinks he's moving the right way. But he's not because the way he sees it is backwards. So then he's doing it backwards as well. So he's moving funny. And even in that scene where he does murder the the second doctor and you see his hand like around the wrong way as he's like yes. stabbing them. I was like, oh, he's got a dislocated elbow. <laughs> yeah, Yuck. That was, was full on. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, also, fun fact. The trophy that Gabriel has as his main weapon, the golden dagger, is um, an upside-down Cadaceus, which in Greek Greek mythology is the staff of Hermes and a symbol of healing in modern medical fields. So he basically takes his medical symbol, makes it into a weapon, and then kills doctors with it. That is backwards. I was like, oh, that's insane. Um, 
And then he, so Ingrid Bisu has gone on to talk about how she came up with the idea for Gabriel because she was obsessed with like medical abnormalities. And so she was like, oh, what about if we did something like a teratoma? I was like, so uh, for those who don't know what a teratoma is, it's basically a tumour and it has like hair and teeth and bones and stuff in it because it was meant to be a twin. Um, And so, and some can be kind of parasitic in a way uh but they're diff they are different um so yeah i was like ew gross because <laughs> i know i knew one of my grandma's friends had a teratoma when she was like she got a little bit older and they it like popped out wow <laughs> yeah so it had like been living under her skin or something and then it just like came out as she got older and had to get it removed and it had like fucking baby teeth in it that is freaky how gross is that wow yeah so that is what Gabriel is, basically. <laughs> uh, well, you can tell when you see his teeth and everything and you're like, ugh. His arms flailing around. Yeah. Oh, that scene. Oh, I can't help that. Stop it. <laughs> you could be Gabriel for Halloween. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, Gabriel is like, okay, so now there is discourse on Twitter. Is is Gabriel a high, horror icon? <laughs> Oh, it's a fine icon. Jeez. Um, and, then I... re- and then recency bias. What is the long, long lasting? Like, will Gabriel be like memorialized? It, dep- <laughs> <laughs> it depends, I guess. Really, I just love him. I want a shirt with him on it, but I think it might be a little bit gross. Yeah, but uh, the only the pictures on the back. Yeah. The front of the shirt's blank. But it's like kind of also a higher collar. Because you know how like sometimes at the back it's a bit higher? It's a turtleneck. <laughs> I love this movie so much. Long sleeve turtleneck. Um, how did you feel? Well, we'll um, there's a few things um, that uh, I didn't feel good about in the final scene. Mm. It just felt a little bit... Um, disjointed for me yeah what 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 didn't you like um how she's like putting him in a prison and she's like no you know how it feels like and i was mm. like oh this that felt kind of cringe to me yeah but that'd be it for me for the um for me it would have been the things that i disliked was probably like the Derek stuff but you're supposed to dislike him it's just yeah. like i guess when you see characters like are these type of people aren't real, are they? Yeah. Um, but I guess there are people that are that sick, twisted and messed up Horrible. in the world. Anyway, yeah. it's just hard to see it. Um, the whole kind of, yeah, the miscarriages, like he's hitting, he's hitting a, a woman that's pregnant. Pregnant. And I was like, Oh, this is just fucking off putting. What is this yeah. movie I'm watching? Um, and then once again, the, the Gabriel, like on the back at the hospital with his little flailing arms, like the whole, like, Oh, what is this? <laughs> I what loved is that. This? <laughs> but I also love X-Files. So that's why I was like, Fuck yeah, that. I love X-Files. I just like, don't know what to take. Like, Oh, what's, what's this going to be? What's this going to be? I mean, but, they did um, it all with practical effects as well. And I think more, but I came around to, to, it. I, I, did, like, I did, I did come around to it. I like it. So I don't like his teeth. No. I'm a teeth person, well, and his teeth are like. <laughs> <laughs> if only everybody could see that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did Gabriel's teeth, all right. Except I have clean teeth, so maybe yeah, it didn't teeth work that well. Um, oh, teeth! I have a big teeth issue. Um, yeah, anyway. the psych out was full on. The 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 killing of uh the the sister Sydney. That's her name. Yeah, like when you thought that they that, but it Gabriel's was like, just like executing everyone. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Stop but, that. <laughs> um, the the fake out of her being able to control it, um, him and have some agency and make him see things. I, I thought that was cool, but yeah, like you said about the prison, the prisoning thing. I was like, eh. what? She's just gonna. That's but it. She's she gonna kill tuck him, him away now. Like I said, she killed them. She she'd be dead. Mm. But there was some kind of line in there that was like, I can't keep you away forever, but I can for now. It was like, oh, yeah. we're going to get a uh, uh, too. <laughs> sequel, please. Um, in an interview with Screen Rant, Ingrid Bisu uh, was asked, at the end when Madison gains control of herself and traps Gabriel, we even see her reset the bones in her hand. 
Uh, but how does she learn how to do all that? Does it all stem from an emotional rush to save her sister? And Ingrid goes on to say, I think uh, what we felt is that she's always been a being who's more powerful than she's ever thought. She alone was capable of all things. She had strength. She had just never realized it. She's a special being who was born in a special way. She's not a, just a regular person like everybody else. So when she regains her powers and puts everything back into place, it's not just a mental thing, but also physical. So I was like, that's kind of interesting that, you know, um, she says, you know, she's always been capable of these things, but someone else has been controlling her, like basically mm. stopping her from doing it. And it was almost like she had been empowered by the fact that Sydney provoked, or not provoked her, but uh, re-empowered her by telling her that, you know, all the miscarriages were Gabriel's Gabriel. fault. And yeah. the kind of idea that it, it's clicked that, oh my God, he has had this control over my mind the entire time and making me see things that I don't want to see. But now it, he's also having control over my body, not just with killing people, but actually taking life from away from me to yeah. feed him almost kind of flipped her script. And and the fact that she's like a, a child from, you know, her, you know, her mom, her mom was raped and she was yeah. forced to have the child. It's almost like the, her mom didn't have any control over whether she wanted to give up mm. the child and have like a kind of pro-choice type attitude yeah. where she was forced to have the child and now she just wants to have a child and she's kind of being forced to not be able to have him. So yeah. neither yeah, one of them really having any kind of control over their own body. Yeah. Well, Ingrid does say that in the, in an interview as well. She's like, um, you know, it's, she's talking about like pivotal part of making this film. And she says, it's being able to tell this woman's story that goes from being abused to being in control of her own body, being in control of her own mind. And also just, um, she says that the unleashing that happens in the jail cell, that was everything to my soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, yeah. There's a few lines there when she says that too, like you control my body, my all this stuff no longer. And yeah, it's kind of cool that she does take that back. It's it's a really it is an empowering scene. I just wish it was different. I don't know. I just didn't enjoy the ending. Just the much. whole jail thing, the imagery. But just yeah, I think having yeah, that might have been a little bit cringe. Like what would have been because I know that she pushes him back into her head, mm. and I think that if she had just done that and had that monologue, that it would have been just as impactful. Yeah. Or maybe they could could have cut back to the hospital and instead of it being a jail, he's back in the hospital ward and have that imagery of mm. the mental institution. Yeah, like we're locking you back. Like where that door's getting closed again. Yeah. Of her yeah. walking out of it. I don't know. I'd love to write a movie like that. <laughs> it's nuts, isn't it? I'm so glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect. And especially, like I was saying, midway through and everything, I was like, oh, what is this? This is... And then by the time I walked out, I'm like, you know what? That was actually pretty good. It knows exactly what it wants to be. And um, it has all these elements of horror films that I love and and traits that are cool. The soundtrack, the filters, the mystery, the twists, the gore, everything like you said before. (laughs) All the kill scenes, I was just like, oh my word. Amazing. Because it really harkens back to to 80 slashes in a way where it's just overkill and you're just like do you really need to whoa slow down there friggin Michael Myers do we know do, do we really need to see blood squirting out of orifices yes like like it's you've hit an artery yeah painting the walls red yeah <laughs> the bathtub of blood as well oh so good oh anyway so that's malignant and um, we both really enjoyed it and um it's definitely up there as one of my top five releases for this year. So for sure. Oh, well, horror movie releases because I've watched other films. <laughs> <laughs> I do watch other movies. You watch other you films that aren't horror? I would... Yeah. Nah, I don't believe you. I can't wait to see Dune. Yeah, same. Oh, so keen. Going to gold class with my dad. I'm going to take oh, him for his birthday. <laughs> very good. Good one to go to gold class for. A long yeah. movie. Is it? Is it? It's a... Two and a half hours? Uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to need that. My sciatical. Longish. I'm gonna be an old person. I'm gonna need a. I'm gonna need a lounge to lounge on. <laughs> uh, so anyway, as always, what is the last horror movie that you watched? Well, in preparation for this, it would have been last night. I watched Opera, which nice. is fantastic. Um, and then before that, it would have been uh, Phenomena, and then Tenebrae. 
So nice. yeah, obviously I said I loved Opera. I loved Tenebrae. Tenebrae was probably the one I liked more than yeah. Opera, just because of like it had more slasher vibe to it. Like who is the who is the killer? Like it's, Opera had that as well, but just the whole the stalking and the the voyeuristic like this is the first person of yeah the the killer what they're seeing. I um, love I love the way they filmed that. Was was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. The, uh, that wasn't perfect either. They had some, you know, it was weird it's things. It didn't make sense, but there's lots of plot holes. <laughs> yeah, but it was great. It was fantastic, and yeah, the the end scene in Tenebrae, I love it. I love all of it. Yeah, I was meant to watch it today, and then I uh, had to take hell half the half the end season, the end scene in opera, even the end scene in opera. Oh my so god! So good when they're like arresting him on the hills, and there's oh, like man, all that metal that. music playing, and you're like. Ah! <laughs> It's the, it's the hills are alive. The sound yeah. of music. Are we? Oh, uh, where is it? Is it my family are from there, Vienna. That's where yeah. they filmed uh, that Hills Are Alive movie. What's that sound of music? Sound of music. <laughs> I'm gonna flip the script. What was the last horror movie you watched, Cat? Um. This? Oh gosh. Um. I watched Phenomena. Yep. And I was kind of like, oh yeah. Hmm. But um. One that I really enjoyed lately was I watched uh, Slumber, Party, Slumber Party Massacre 2021 on Sci-Fi. So it is a like reimagination of the Slumber Party Massacre. It was pretty good. Uh, enjoyable. I, I liked it for what it is. Yep. I recommend it. It's on... Um, I watched it using a VPN, so I don't know how <laughs> others will watch it. <laughs> The power of USB technology strikes again. Ah, sorry, everyone. <laughs> also, for anyone who would like to watch some Giallo films, if you chuck a VPN on, chuck on Shutter, they have a, I think they have 17 Giallo films and they're all from the greats. And that's wow. where I watched all of them. So, yeah, highly recommend it. Distribution. Yeah, I mean, Australia's, Get it's great. Australia. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know why they wouldn't have that on Australian Shutter, it's like, uh, who's got the rights to it? <laughs> I'm coming Silly. for you. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where can listeners find you and Radio Watson? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at BuddyWatson12. You can find the podcast at Twitter at Radio Watson underscore. And the podcast Radio Watson can be found on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and all good podcast services, even the bad ones as well. <laughs> um, alternate between uh, movies, music, games, a little bit of wrestling here or there. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of evergreen stuff that's not news-focused. So uh, there is a good back catalogue of things that you can kind of jump in, in and out of and do a couple of interviews here and there as well. Amazing. Something for everyone. Well, thank you again for joining me for Malignant Chat. A Malignant Chat. A Malignant Chat. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It was awesome. And thank you for uh, championing this movie so much and, and pushing oh, it uh, when you did, because it definitely uh, influenced me going to see it. And um, thank Am you. I an influencer now? You are an influencer. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely an influencer. And thank you, listeners. If you enjoy the podcast, please remember to leave a rating and review where you listen to your podcasts. To catch all the latest from me, you can find me on Twitter at Catstead underscore, or you can follow the podcast also on Twitter at TGIF podcast underscore. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.